is Christine Conti, and you are listening to best-selling author of Split Second Courage. What if your fears were the key to your dreams? That's right, everyone. Available on Amazon right now as an ebook or paperback. Grab your copy today and unleash your inner superhero. What is holding you back from living the life you truly deserve? It is Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are two fit crazy. And the microphone. We are where it's at. Brian, yes. what a great treat we have today. Yeah, unbelievable. I'm blown away, Christine. It's one of the best podcasts we've ever done, and this is one of the best guests yeah? we've ever had. Yeah, yeah. Up there? Yeah. I d- he's definitely like, up there. Yeah, this is, the, you got a ringer here, Conti. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean. Come on. Come on now. No, you're I'm good. To, listen, I'm, I'm listen. trying to make up for lost time sometimes. No, absolutely know? not. No, no, no. I have no complaints with you booking or anything. You get the very best guests ever. And, you know, just someone's got to lead the pack. And here we have Jeffro Wida. Uh, you know, I'm just really, really excited for everyone to hear this gentleman's story, mm-hmm. his message, his aura. Yeah. Right? Like the his energy. Like his, his energy, his you know, his shine, all that stuff. This is a man who leads with love, he leads with his heart. Uh it's refreshing. Uh and and it's just you know, he's life has not been easy. Nope. Right? At all. Uh, you know, he's been through a lot, uh, enough to bury most people, literally mm-hmm. dead, buried. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he, he doesn't, he, he doesn't let it happen. He instead flips the script and owns it and, and, uh, and sees it as blessings and sees it as, uh, you know, as, as good things that have happened to him. So it allows him to move on much like you've always said, you know, the gifts mm-hmm. that you've had in your life have sometimes been the adversity. Uh, I feel the same way about mine. And, and, uh, Jeffro is just, what a special dude. Oh my gosh. So long story short, I was up in Boston doing you know, whatever the heck I do, talk to people and try and you know change their lives. And he sat in on one of my lectures. He's going to say it was like a auto arthritis, autoimmune, chronic disease, something. And I always tell people, I'm, you know, I spent so many years hiding being, you know, hiding my weaknesses and hiding being sick and this and that. That, you know, I, I actually talk about it when I go to a conference and lecture, and I say, listen you know what, I could sit here and be like, woe is me, this is awful, but I chose to see it as a gift. And after the lecture, you know, he came up and he's like, I see it like that too. And we got talking and I'm like, whoa, your story is amazing. I want to share what you have been through with our listeners because I think they need to hear it. And, you know, just like Brian and I, we're here trying to give voices to people that need to be heard. Their messages need to be heard. And that is exactly what... Jeffro does for a lot of people in his life and people have done it for him and we're just blessed to to share his story with all of you so make sure you've got you know 45 minutes right now I don't care if you break it up or you have to get through this because it's so moving uh, it, it is I mean look Brian may look, or may not cry no oh I did during the episode so good first time ever uh you know on on our airwaves I was driven to tears and uh you know and that's and that's it he's special and uh you know an an angel has entered our lives christine or mine you Mm -hmm. knew him i didn't Mm -hmm. i mean this is this is uh we need more of this uh right here right now so please everybody enjoy this uh two fit crazy in a microphone podcast here we go 
time for another amazing episode of the Two Fit Crazies. Brian, how you doing? I'm good. I don't know. We're going to sing everything today? I'm all sorts of... happening? I'm all sorts of like, you know, amped up today for some ever reason. All sorts of crazy, which is normal. Yeah, life is good. Yeah. Um, what an awesome guest we have coming to you today. Um, so if for anyone who's out there that's feeling a little... I don't know, stuck or unmotivated, I think that maybe Jeffrey Wida is going to give you a little inspiration and maybe, I don't know, maybe a little uh, motivation to keep going. So Jeffrey, a.k.a. Jeffro, how are you doing today? I'm doing wonderfully. I'm really just grateful to be on the show. Um, I've been really looking forward to this since I met you in Boston a few months ago. Yes. Counting the moments. So. I love it. How did how, they explain yeah. this to me? How did you, I know she tends to uh, sniper people and stalk people coming out of the bushes. And mm. how did she, uh, how did she get her wraps on you, Jeffro? Well, actually um, I was sitting in on a lecture she was giving on arthritis and autoimmune disease. And I went up to Christine afterwards. Uh, she was talking very openly about how her challenges had be she identified them as gifts so i told her at the end that i'm also someone who identifies my challenges as gifts and that it's because of my traumas and challenges that i've been able to be compassionate and open and and love deeply in my life and um, i've I, I cherish every moment that i've had as difficult as they've been so each sacred breath we had a moment in the hallway i love we it had a moment we, we hey Three's yeah, a crowd. So, Three's so, a crowd. I so yeah. After that, I was um, hanging out in the hallway, and there was a, a ton of people. And I hear, "There's my man with all the gifts." And Christine came running over to me, and we started talking, and it was an immediate connection. And and um, as I've uh, been reading your book and watching the po- podcast, I realized um, you know, how, how fun this will actually be, how similar um, we are, and in our stories and some of our personality too. So. I've been looking forward to this. You, you're, you're a good egg, Conti. You know that? I try. I, listen, this is like, because uh, I, you know, I feel you. This is fun. <laughs> so trials, tribulations, and, and gifts here. Tell us, what are we, uh, what, what, are, what is it that you're speaking of here? What's What's been up with you? Oh, well, you know, I've, I've had <laughs> a question. That's I know. a loaded quite question. A, it is. I've had quite an inspiring life. Um what some would call challenging and um, started from a, a pretty young age. I was about eight years old. I was uh, diagnosed with a severe ulcerative colitis. And at the time I was a competitive gymnast, uh, multiple time Massachusetts state champion, all around state champion. And when I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis, I went from a hundred miles an hour to zero and lost everything that I had ambition for and worked for as a child. And um, I, you know, I went through just an awful lot giving that up and, you know, went into my teen years really um, unraveled and out of control, not really knowing what direction I was going in and going down some, uh, you know, I was, I was lonely and I was isolated and I didn't really tell anybody that I was sick at the time from eight years old till about 18. Pretty much my girlfriend knew at the time. Um, so I internalized a lot of my, my feelings and, and I acted out 
with my behavior and um, I really was headed down a terrible path. And when I was 17 years old, I was suspended from school for fighting and I came back and there was an assembly, an AIDS awareness assembly with three families that were living with HIV and AIDS at the time. It was 1992. I heard the stories that those families told me and I was so deeply moved. I was the kid that you wouldn't necessarily expect to be crying in front of my whole school. I had this tough persona and uh, I thought it was tough, but um, inside I, I realized that I was soft like butter and I heard these stories from these three boys and their families about how they were discriminated against in their schools and how they couldn't be themselves and how they were afraid to tell people, but they chose to walk towards fear and to do what was right for the whole, the collective, the community, the HIV community, and they put themselves on the line and they risked their lives. Um, and those people that I had met that day had friends who had their houses firebombed and their animals killed and oh. chased out of town. And there was real danger at that moment. And I was sitting on the floor crying and I said to myself inside my head, I think it might have been God speaking to me, telling me, Jeffrey, imagine if you took all this negative energy that you've been using in your life and you did something positive with your life. What would happen with that? And I bawled and cried, and it was such a release of all of my traumas and pain. It was probably the first moment in my life where I felt authentic love. And I went up after, after the school to, to meet these families, and I told them, the first thing I said was, as long as you know me, no one will ever bully you again in your life. And so I went on to graduate. I knew at that moment, I didn't know what it meant to volunteer, but I was desperate to do anything I could to help these children. I was so moved by their stories that my gym teacher who had run the assembly and was an HIV counselor, I had called him after high school and expressed that I had an interest in helping. And he said, you know, I know of your background, you have a lot of growing to do, I appreciate your interest, but you know, best of luck to you. And so I went to college, made up for everything I screwed up in high school um, and kept thinking, you know, uh, quite frequently about that experience. And I kept calling back and I called my gym teacher three months later and we had a little longer conversation. He said, I've seen some great growth in you, continue, keep going, uh, but we're, you're not quite there. And, uh, Another couple months went by and I called them back and we ended up having a seven or eight hour conversation about, about life and about uh, the experiences he had with these families. And, and he told me, Jeffrey, I've seen you grow and I've seen the passion in your heart and I've seen how dedicated you are to this idea of helping these children. And, you know, I have this idea to start a summer camp in Martha's Vineyard and I would, you know, where we bring kids from around the country to experience one week away from hospitals and, and stigma, and and I would really like you to be my assistant. So I went from this kid that was going down this terrible path to all of a sudden working at this HIV and AIDS camp that I had no idea what I was doing. I was completely green as a human being. Six months earlier, I was going down the wrong path, and my heart just completely opened up that day. And I really never looked back from there. I, I worked at that camp for two years, and and uh, started working at several other HIV camps and um, started growing this really large network of friends and family and loved ones. And 
these people that over 30 years um, have become family or godparents to my children or um, brother, um, uh, Uncle Jeffro to their children. It's been this really wonderful continuity of care that a lot of nurses don't get to experience. And um, so I, I ended up going back to school you know, after college and entering nursing school and, you know, pretty much based on my experiences in my life and then, you know, combining what I learned from these families and, you know, I, I wanted to help other people and be a nurse. And I started in pediatrics and worked with kids with muscular dystrophy and HIV and uh, children living with cancer. And, and then that was prior to being a nurse. And then um, I went to school. I did very well had all of the, the world in front of me. All of my passions were just very visceral at that moment. And shortly after I graduated school, nursing school, I uh, injured my back working on a pediatric floor, moving a patient and had this spiral out of control where, um, excuse me, I ended up herniating three discs and have, have had um, 13 surgeries on my low back and, I have a spinal cord stimulator implanted. I just had my third one, and it's been quite miraculous. It's been helping me a lot with the pain. I just had that a couple of months ago. But I've had this uh, this long stretch of of dealing with chronic pain and, and on top of the ulcerative colitis that I had dealt with my whole life. So um, I had to figure out at that time, you know, uh, first it was gymnastics. My passion was ripped out from underneath me. And at this point, I was looking at nursing being kind of uh, – you know, I might have to look in another direction and I wouldn't give up. And I went through a lot of years where I got treatment and surgeries and I saved every penny I could to go back to school. I wanted to become a holistic nurse. I wanted to incorporate the, I want to integrate the mind, body, spirit and emotions and, and kind of um, work in a realm where that, where I wasn't trained in traditional nursing. So I saved for 17 years and every time I would save the money, I would lose it because my car would break down or I'd have some bill. And it just took me forever, but I wouldn't give up. And I finally graduated about seven years ago from holistic nursing school. And I was looking at specializing even further from there. Like what's what's your weakness? You know, what 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 do you really need to work on? And really, my whole life, it has always been stress. It's always it's uh, it doesn't. It's not the cause of ulcerative colitis, but it always exacerbated my symptoms. So I realized that I had to really do a lot of work and, and invest time into learning how to cope with stress. So I wasn't always overloaded with uh, stress hormones and and, uh, and causing myself to be ill. So I went back to school with, uh, I went to Colorado and got trained as a holistic stress management instructor and, and uh, started working even more specifically there. Um, with uh, vibrational sound healing and uh, integrating this all into my nursing and my own personal health. And it's just been a really wonderful, wonderful experience. Um, you know, just uh, overcoming all those obstacles and finally landing in a place where um, I, my dreams and my hopes are, are so much closer than they've ever been. And the, you know, if there was a while where I had given up hope again and uh, I finally got this neurostimulator and I'm, I'm feeling good probably for the first time in my life and I'm starting a new business and I'm bringing sound healing to my community 
and it's just been this really wonderful proliferation of energy. And the more I put out and the more heart-centered I am, um, the more it just seems to be getting fed back to me and uh, just, a, just a lot of love all around. It's, it's a wonderful time to be <laughs> wonderful to be alive right now. Isn't, isn't he great? I love, I Jeff, love these stories. Jeff Brian and I are like, woo! Jeff, we, we've done a lot of these episodes, right? And, and I've, I've yet to cry and interviewing people or just listening to people's stories. And I'm fucking close, man. <laughs> I'm close. All right. Um, and, and, and I need that. I love that. It's emotion and, and, um, it's and, raw. and it's, and that's what, that's what I, you know, need more in my life. So I thank you for that for sure. Not that I'm grateful that, you know, again, that all these things have happened to you, but, um, uh, y- y- you seem to have found your way. Yeah, I have. And, you know, there's there's a lot of other stuff, fluff in there, a lot of other life things that have happened. I, I've lost a brother to suicide. I lost a best, best friend to suicide. I've lost, you know, a hundred and probably 150 children and family members from the camp. I've dealt with a lot of grief and a lot of loss. And, um, you know, while I was dealing with all of my back injury, my I was married at the time. My father-in-law was diagnosed with ALS. I cared for him while I was, I still had open wounds and um, and it was just a, uh, you know, there's a lot of reasons that I should have, uh, you know, I could have not survived. I should have, you know, by all measures been down and depressed. And I, I, you know, transcended that adversity through a lot of hard work, discipline and not saying it's easy. And I still deal with depression and anxiety and, and the challenges of life. But that hard work I put into it has paid off so much. I feel, uh, I feel so much healthier and happier for taking the time and just looking inward and figuring it out instead of running and hiding and, and uh, masking my, my emotions. I've, I've tried to really grab onto those and, uh, and understand. Let, let me, let me ask you just for a second, cause you just brought up a lot. You've dealt with mm-hmm. a lot of loss. You don't, you know, that your, your career took you into an, a place or your connection with the camp took you into a place where, you know, loss was part of the equation and, you know, eventually, you know, I believe you you found that pot of gold, uh, you, you know, so to speak from it. But you know, why did you ever stop and ask, why do you do this? Like, you know, like you could have just like, I don't know, maybe gone into retail or something, you know, like there's there, there there's just, um, you know, it's a choice that you yeah. made. Yeah, it, it, it is. It, it was it was an explosion in my heart that I couldn't turn away from. And. That 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 first day was so visceral, but then the the relationships that built over the thirty years from that were, um, it's just not something I was able to turn away from. Um, a, a lot of the families we worked with were were truly being bullied in their communities, and um, oddly enough, like the you know just this small kid, this kid from Granby, Massachusetts, a little farming community, ended up uh, work not only at the the camp that I was working at in the beginning, but other camps, I worked at a camp called Camp Heartland, which was one of the largest camps in the world for kids with AIDS. And these particular children that I was working with in the beginning were probably the maybe about 15 to 20 kids in the entire world that were out in public that they were living with HIV and AIDS. Mm -hmm. After Ryan White had passed away, this was the next group of, of children who were on Oprah Winfrey and Geraldo and Sally Jesse and all these talk shows and of Donahue and um, and somehow I got planted in the center of this group with a small group of other people who were leaders in the community and 
And I saw this small group of people change the entire way the world perceived HIV and AIDS, especially with children. And um, it's something that's really powerful. If anyone believes they can't make a change with a group of people that I witnessed it. And um, a lot of times we were like, you know, pinch us. Is this for real? Is this, you know, we're, we're actually reaching millions and billions of people with our message. And, you know, we, we pretty much, we went on what's called the journey of hope and we spoke around the country and, and different groups, but to every doctor and nurse and teacher and church group and anyone who would listen at the time. And we just, um, we made a huge impact with a small amount of people with a huge amount of heart. And it made me believe anything was possible, really. I like what what you're saying before about hard work. And I, I want to fix what you're saying because you didn't do hard work. You did heart work. That's hard what work. it seems like every, every single thing that you are talking about is heart work. And, and I think sometimes that's what, that's what's missing from people's lives, from, you know, from satisfaction, from feeling enough, from feeling whole, from, you know, people who go to bed and say, you know, what's my purpose in life or I'm not happy. It's because they're not doing heart work. They're not following their heart. They're not following their dreams. They're, you know, and, and again, I think that you have, you know, you're someone who has you're, you're awake, you woke up, you understand that there's something bigger out there. And I, I just love the fact that I didn't know this, that you said that you were in a, in high school and you were listening to an assembly. And I, as a teacher for so long, um, I remember going to assemblies, even as a teacher and bawling, like just there were, and you know, I'm like, literally I have walked out of assemblies because I'm like, ugly crying from some of the powerful people they've brought in or messages or whatnot. And, you know, I always thought to myself, why isn't everyone crying? (laughs) Like, why isn't everyone seeing this? And, and I think that that is really powerful because there's certain people that almost we're, you know, we have this energy, we have this, this understanding that is far deeper than the average person. And I think we all have it, but we don't always allow ourselves to be open to it. And that's, you know, I really hear that in you of you, you, you heard it, you heard a message that day and there was something that sparked and you followed it. You could have easily shut that down and said, "Mm, yeah, I, I, yeah, this is sad, but what could I do? Well, you, you did something. These kids were so much braver, more powerful than I ever was. And I, at the time, I was private with my physical ailments and no one knew. And I, they gave me the courage to stand up and tell people that I had a, a chronic illness and that I was, you know, afraid and isolated. And, um, yeah, I, I really didn't have a choice that day but to, 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 to walk towards them because they, they were so, they were so brave and they wouldn't turn away from the fear and the, and the danger that was in front of them. They knew darn right that they could have been injured. We had a, uh, a brick thrown through a car window that had a, a nasty message on it at the time to basically get out of town or they were going to be hurt. And, you know, the, the danger was real and those families didn't run ever. They're still fighting. In fact, at that time was when the, the uh, hemophilia scandal that 
the uh, blood scandal where 10,000 hemophiliacs were infected with HIV uh, through the tainted blood supply in our country. Um, that was being exposed at the time by the Committee of 10,000. And a lot of these children I worked with were the ones that stood up in front of the federal government and Congress and fought and said, this is our lives. These are our friends you're killing and we're going to, you know, we're taking back our power. And they were the ones who sued the federal government. So when I first got involved, I was kind of on the tail end of all of that. But I was in this group of very powerful leaders that were, you know, again, I was just this little kid from Granby, Mass, with no experience in green, but a lot of heart. And I was with these, you know, children to adults, you know, they were young to old, but they were all just mightier than I was and just gave me such inspiration to never give up, to never quit, to stand up and, you know, again, face danger, you know, so... Yeah, they, they definitely boosted my confidence for sure. It's amazing. Is there, yeah. I'm just curious, is there like a mm -hmm. one story or one person that you always kind of, you know, look to for strength, whether, you know, maybe they're not around anymore, but is there that one moment or person? And what did they say? What did they do that, that sticks with you today? Oh. Goodness, I have so many, so many angels in my life that I, I feel have guided me to be the man that I am. I, I just, I wrote a whole list of people, and uh, I was just meditating on all of all of my heroes and sheroes and angels this morning. Um, it's really hard. I, I there's several. I have a friend. His name is Mark Zaturka. He, I met him in 1994. He wasn't uh, public at the time, but at, he was at the camp, and I sat down and I said, "Hey, I'm." Jeff Rowe, you know, what's your name? He told me, and uh, he said, I, I live in, you know, Springfield, Massachusetts. And I said, I'm your neighbor, you know, and we, and uh, he was just a couple of years younger than me. And uh, my wife at the time, um, you know, we befriended his family. We became really close. And as Mark grew up, he uh, became public and he uh, started doing this phenomenal work in the community and working with the hemophilia community and bringing, um, not only a message of hope to people, but he started, uh, he did something really extraordinary one time. And this really stood out to me. And uh, hemophilia is a, is a disorder that affects the uh, joints and the soft tissue and muscles in the body. And they get spontaneous bleeds in their, in their bones and their, in their muscles. And it's extremely painful. And they often say a, a, a spontaneous bleed feels like a broken bone. My friend, Mark, um, several other people I know wake up sometimes with, their arms and legs three or four times the size of what they normally are. And sometimes it's multiple joints at a time. And there was a particular day Mark worked for a hemophilia pharmaceutical company and he would deliver medicine to children who needed it. And there was this snowstorm where uh, really he shouldn't have been driving and it was in Long Island and he lived in Connecticut and Mark got in his car with a bleed and drove this medicine through a snowstorm to this family to make sure that that kid had life-saving measures that evening. And, um, those are the type of heroes that are around me. And Mark is the godfather of my children. And, uh, and his wife, Sasha, is, is just as angelic. Um, yeah, there's there's just so many people. My friend Bob Bowers is one of the first people ever diagnosed with AIDS. He's one of the really the last survivors of kind of the original crew. And um, speaks out all over the country and puts himself out there anytime he can just to give people hope, to give them courage, to make them feel like they're not alone, not just, I mean, HIV is in a little bit, a little different nowadays, the way people discuss it, but 
he, he has such a story of, of survival after 40 years. He's, he's such a fascinating man. He has a tattoo on his body for every 40 years. He's, he's survived and, um, yeah, just, a, just an angel for sure. Um, I could go on and on. There's, there's hundreds of stories of these children and families for sure. Um, I have somebody in my life that really inspires me. He's a, a, someone who was my neighbor and became a friend through our love for music. And uh, his name is Jason Dorvell. <clears throat> and he struggled and struggled with addiction. And, and he struggled to, you know, just keep himself together over the years and has worked so hard recently to change his life and to, um, you know, try just, you know, with small steps, just try to be the best man that he can. And I've never seen anyone so challenged. He has a rare type of muscular dystrophy that only 18 people in the whole world have. And um, it's, it's very rare. And, and uh, out of all the people that I know with rare diseases, he may stick out the most. And he's just a beautiful soul and a brother and somebody who's always supportive and will listen. And um, it's wonderful. I have a whole group of people in my life that you know, we every time we talk, we say we love each other. You know, we're we're aware that tomorrow might not come. I remember the days at camp when those buses would come in, and you would see those faces on the windows, mm-hmm. and you'd be hoping that those kids from last year would come back. And sometimes you would see them, and and sometimes those windows were empty. And those faces, and the last time we saw them was was the last time. So, yeah, none of us, you know, at that at those camps take any of that for granted and our time together is very special and we try to stay in touch as much as possible thank goodness for social media i'm friends with a lot of those people still and um i know it's unusual for people to uh they say you know if you have a good friend in life you're pretty lucky and and uh you know i calculate pretty often about how how blessed i am and how much real love is around me and uh, it's very rare and i'm not taking that for granted so I try to share as much of that as possible. You know, my mission in life is really to um, put love and care into action one heart at a time. That's kind of my mission statement as a nurse. So, um, you know, it, it's wonderful, you know, to, to be where I am now, transcending all this difficult stuff and, you know, to not feel like a victim, to feel like I have my power back and that I could give back to my community. Just uh I couldn't ask for anything but better right now. I'm just in the happiest place in my life, and uh, I'm looking forward to the next uh, 47 years. I, I really never thought I'd live past 10 years old. Um, I lived the first 17 years of my life, for, well, from 8 till 17, scared and, and uh, sick and, and suicidal. And so I never thought I'd live past that. And then as I age, I keep hitting these milestones and you know, now I'm 47, I can actually see the second half of my life and, and I see myself healed. Um, I no longer say I want to be healed. I, I imagine myself as healed and um, it definitely helps to uh, transcend some of these challenges a little easier. This is this is just incredible. You got me. You got me with the kids on the school bus. You got me, Jeffro. Mm-hmm. You got me into tears. Uh, I, thank you. Um, you know, I, I we have so much everything that's in our face up front every day is how awful the world is and how awful this everything that's going on is and and it's just like this is bad and everything's bad and 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 i mean even you just said like you know social media has been so great and most people say mm-hmm. i hate social media and, See, and I love it you too. know it's like and, and but then there's the word that keeps coming up over and over and over again and you keep saying it and you keep saying it and it's love mm-hmm. 
and and it's it's there's no mystery to it right all we need is love love is all we need and and you know and and you just you 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 just it blooms out of you uh and and it's you know and it's it's just such a great thing it's refreshing uh you know i think that we all really 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 need it thank you thank you for saying that feels really good <laughs> I so this is this is so powerful. First of all, you know the Mister Love over here all the time. When whenever whenever we talk about anything, and Brian's like that person just needs more love. love. Like that's always right? the like go-to the missing it's ingredient. Like, you know, oh, this happened to this. Oh, they just need someone to just love them until what did you say? Love them until they love themselves. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna love you says. until you love yourself. Like that's that's the name that's of my game. And and you know even like I I. Christine knows, but I coach, I coach high school athletes. I coach track and field. And I'm like, do you love this? Like, is this, are you leading with your heart with this? Cause if not, it's going to be really hard. It's going to suck. Running's hard enough. <laughs> you know, life is hard enough. Challenges are hard enough. And it gets harder. And, right. And this is whenever, yeah, we're just talking about a game right now. <laughs> so like, you know, what, what, what is it? Um, so, you know, it's just refreshing. And I, I remember the very moment. Go ahead, please. Sorry. Go. Go, I, I was just about to say, I remember the very moment where I actually, I, I, where I started loving myself. I, I reflected on that quite a bit because those early years. Of, shortly after I met those families, I looked in the mirror. I was a, a new musician and I was just singing to myself like, you know, my existence comes in the form of kindness and love, love, love. And I said to myself, um, I carry love in my back pocket, pull it out, put it on, it looks great on you. And I just said that to myself, and I wrote it into this song, and I recorded it, and uh, that was probably the second song I ever wrote, but it was the moment when I looked in the mirror and I said, like, I recognized love for the first time. It was beautiful. So. We're going deep today. We're going, we're taking a deep, deep. dive today. Oh my gosh, do we need it more than ever? I I can't not go back to this as well. We um, have talked to so many people that in the medical field that like you, you know, you're you're educated. There's Western medicine. There's a reason for it. There is a reason why it helps and it does fight disease and and fight symptoms. But there's this whole other way of thinking. And, you know, you've been through nursing school. You're an RD. And, or, yeah, you're, um, yeah, RN. And yet you have seen there needs to be more. There need, there's something else. And you've pursued that. And yeah, but- I'm curious as to yes. how do you... How do you just deal with your or interact or or give the best care to your patients with what you know now? How is it different than when you first came out of school versus now having all of this extra education about being, you know, treating someone holistically and using music and vibration? Sure. Well, you know, one thing I think I learned is to pause and to, you know, pay attention to my intention when I when I'm going in to work with patients or clients. Um, I never used to do this, but I, I'll, 
and now I'll pause and I'll, I'll say a prayer to myself, to, you know, you know, just to give me strength to do this work, to give them the best care that I can, to show them in that moment that they're the only people on earth that matter and that what the outside world is doing doesn't matter at that moment. Um, <clears throat> that's something I learned through holistic nursing school to stop and pause, hold hands, um, take the gloves off when you're holding hands, not to be afraid touching skin, um, to, you know, asking people and integrating their, their ideas of what spirit means to them and to their care, um, paying attention to their emotional well-being, which is often neglected. I'm really just trying to integrate stuff that I felt was neglected for my own education and what the community needs. And the community around me seems to be really gravitating towards the ideas. Uh, my new business is called uh, Let It Go Holistic Stress Management. And, you know, I'm not only doing vibrational sound healing, which is very important to me, but I'm going to be offering stress management classes in the community and, and ones that are attainable and, and reasonably uh, reasonable for people to get to and afford. Um, maybe one hour brown bag lunches where we not only talk about stress, but they can walk out with uh, tangible tools to use on, on a, you know, class by class basis. And, uh, and, and we could uh, work through stress together. And it's a real passion of mine to, uh, to share my passions, I guess. They've made me, they've really transformed my life, um, especially the vibrational sound healing. The day my brother had passed away, I met these two men who just oddly had two gongs with a, a zero gravity chair, and they had me lay in the chair, and they, one at my head, one at my feet, and they took me, uh, they took me to Funky Town. I had never experienced anything like that before. I went to another dimension, and, uh, it was so transformative that for 10 years I dreamed about it and dreamed about it. And then I had an opportunity to take this class and my friend said, you know, if your heart is, is, you know, gravitating towards it, go. And, and um, so I went there and ended up being the two guys who had changed my life 10 years earlier in their facility where I went to get trained. So um, yeah, the, uh, the conduit center in in Connecticut. And uh, so I had come full circle and, and so now I get to share these experiences with, with people and they, at the end of the sessions, they give me feedback and what they feel and they, the colors that they see in their minds and the noises they hear and the visions and the connections and the messages and, um, you know, all kinds of different ways they describe the, the sound healing that I do, the sound baths and, you know, the uh, meditation programs. And it's a very exciting time. And um you know, I'm looking forward to working with other practitioners and, and doing larger projects. And I'm in the middle of writing memoirs on on a lot of the stuff we've just talked about. I've been kind of doing this for years and people always encouraged me to do it. I'd say I was too young. I'm not mature enough. I haven't lived long enough. And uh, I think it's time to tell the story um, about how I transcended all this adversity with the help of all these beautiful angels. And, you know, and I want to highlight, you know, what they've done for my life and, the man I've become because of them. So there's so many things going on. Trying putting a retrospective music collection together that I've been I've had all these music recordings for 30 years. I've never really shared with people, and people are telling me put the music out. So I'm doing that now, and uh, this year just has taken off with a blast. And my my word for the year is momentum, and uh, mm. yeah, I'm I'm not stopping. So and uh, my full time job is really to stay healthy of myself because the balance it takes me to be healthy is is, is uh, extraordinary and I work 
and meditate and stretch and do physical therapy four or five hours a day probably and and just to get a couple of good hours of quality work and to do the work I love and then um, you know and that's what it takes for me so that's what I do I mean I had to quit some of my jobs in order to you know <laughs> follow you follow your heart and whatever's happening I know that mm-hmm. sitting behind a desk is the most unhealthy thing for hours and hours living on schedules not sleeping is the most unhealthy thing I could possibly do for myself and you know taking care mm-hmm. of you know making some hard changes and saying hey I'm going to deal with my stress and anxiety and I mean both of us run we that's the that's the best <laughs> that's the best stress relief and our church and our spirit and our you know it it's powerful but making time for whatever that is that makes you happy and and chasing you know making happiness your side hustles what i've been telling and, people and, lately and other people happy you know yeah. that's that's the plan i always tell my kids i say listen dude i have three young boys and i said if you can um fix things or make people happy you're going to be okay, right? Like if you're going to be okay, like if you can fix things, if you can f- make them happy by fixing them, you're really going to be okay. And that's, you know, probably, you know, something along the lines of what you're doing. You know, you're helping people out and, and, uh, and helping them and in a sense, fixing them as you go. Uh, even if they're unfixable, you know, well, you're, you're, I offer a support. Please go ahead. I offer a supportive space for them to, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, there's a lapse in the delay. Um, I just offer a, cre- a space for them to feel safe and to be open and to be able to uh, tap into their own innate healing abilities. And, you know, just by creating a space for them, that's that's all they need to be able to do it themselves. We all have the tools. We just need to be guided to them and then do the work. And that's the hard part is the work. What do you see? I'm always curious because there's, you know, there's believers and then there's the skeptics, Right. Like, I'm not doing this. Just give me a pill. Like, I I don't want to – is – what do you do? And, and this is even for our listeners. Is there something that, that you found is really helpful or works to, to ease people into, you know, you need to do this for yourself or just try or let go? You know, this isn't just about, you know, having a pill or a potion or, you know, whatever – you know, having a drink, it's more than that. It's taking time for you. And how do you, how do you, I guess, relay that to people so they understand? I don't know. I guess I, I try, I try to get down to their level and to, you know, be close and to, you know, have intimate contact with eye contact. And, and when I talk to them, I, I you know, I like to, to listen to their story and, um, and it gives them an opportunity to kind of open up and, and share. And it sometimes I don't even have to ask assessment questions. I just ask, how are you? What brought you here today? And, and then they just feel comfortable to be able to spew what they need to. Um, it's kind of effortless. And just by, you know, having that intention that I said is set in the beginning and, and knowing that I, you know, unconditionally care for these people. Um, and it just seems that for, for my situation personally, it just, uh, I think it just makes them comfortable enough to be able to open up and share. And then, you know, I, um, I don't know, I just try to be upbeat and, and, and positive and, uh, encourage them to, you know, maybe find their own weaknesses like I did with mine, which was stress and, and, you know, 
go for it and see if you could turn that around and make that your passion. Um, I know you did that, Christy, and that's, you know, part of your story. And, um, yeah, I, I don't really know. That's a, that's a great question. I, I wish I had even more. I wish I could have more impact you know, and touch everybody and, and just, they, you know, we'd feel the wonder of, of all this integrative health and wellness, you know, these opportunities that are out there. Um, I guess I, I just try to educate people about what, what's available. And, and I tell them anecdotally how it's affected me. Um, I don't ever tell anyone do this, take that, but you know, I've had great experiences with this. Maybe it would be wonderful for you. And um, you know, if, I, if it's helped you know, my level of pain, perhaps maybe it will help yours as well. And um, I also, I've been speaking for um, with Boston scientific recently, which is the company that makes my spinal cord simulator. And I meet on Tuesdays with patients that have spinal cord injuries and chronic pain like myself. And uh, I've been talking with them about the device that I have implanted and how much it's helped the quality of life that I have and uh, has given me the hope that I had lost. And so it's been nice working with them and just kind of, um, I know what they're experiencing. They're lost and confused and there's no answers. And, uh, and I've been blessed to be that guy that gets to speak to them and, Maybe uh, give them the uh, strength to hold on another day or to make that choice to get the stimulator or have the trial. So, um, yeah, really, it's about educating people about what's available. You are a very reliable source, right? And, and you know, you say you've been blessed. Imagine that. You've been blessed to be out, to be put in this position. And, and I imagine that they feel very blessed to have been put in their position to meet a, a guy like you who can, uh, you know, is again a reliable source for this information, uh, who's not only, you know, lived it, but, uh, you know, with the, even with the medical background and the nursing background and, and, and just the resilience and, and, uh, you know, acceptance of, of situations and, and things that you, you know, the way that you've lived and the life that you've encountered. Um, you know, I, 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 you, you've been blessed, uh, I guess. Yes. Uh, but so have they, I'm going to jump in too yeah. and tell you the, the other day I was, um, I was doing this interview and, and they were, you know, asking me about, well, what, what is your, you know, what's your goal? Like, what do you hope to get out of what you do? And if you speak to people and I said, you know, it took me a really long time to understand and put the puzzle pieces together or to start putting the puzzle pieces together. And I said, my puzzle is not complete and I don't know if it will ever be complete. But what I do know is that I, I see the big picture. I see the picture and every single thing that I do needs to fit in my big picture. And I said, one of the things that I've been able to realize is that what do people want most in life? What, what's your goal? Your goal is that people want to be heard. They want to have a voice. They want to feel that they matter, right? That they're enough, that something about them is special. And I said, for me, one of my gifts was to be able to give people a voice. And for Brian and I with our podcast or if we go speak somewhere or whatever that is, we're advocates for love for and then fill in the blank of whatever that is is it loving yourself with a disability is it loving yourself with a disease is it loving yourself with whatever and for us we're able to 
give people voices, whether you're coaching and you give them, you know, give a voice to your athletes or for me, people with, you know, various chronic illnesses to be able to say, you know what, we, we are enough and we matter. And in the fitness industry, especially, you know, everyone talks about inclusion and inclusivity. They're, they're talking to people who are, are fit. They're taking fit people and maybe making them fitter. Whereas we're not including everybody and they don't have to do crazy fitness things. Just include them in the room, include them as, as their people with a voice. How do you feel? What's going on? Mm -hmm. And I think that that is something, you know, by able, by being able to talk about some of this stuff and what you're doing and overcoming. And I think it allows people for them to have a voice and that's what's so powerful. You met people that had that spoke up and they had the voice. You didn't have your voice yet. You know, I spent mm-hmm. how many years of my life without a voice telling my story? Brian, mm-hmm. you could go on to, you know, telling stories and not having that voice. And once you say, hey, this is who I really am, I always thought that that, that vulnerability, that who I am was a weakness. Even in business, people said, you know, you're a woman, you don't show emotion, crying is weak. And then as a teacher, you know, you're, you always have to be that stern, that person that holds it together. And in the meantime, I'm like, I, I thought trust was you trust me because I'm holding it together. Meanwhile, I didn't learn real trust until like people will really trust you when you take away the filter. And I love using that because on social media, we're always filtering our pictures, right? We're always doing something. Mm-hmm. Well, let's take the filter away. And I, listen, I'm broken here. I'm not good at this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I own it. And it, yeah. that's cool. And that's something I just wanted to tell that story we're, we're because yep. you are doing the same thing for so many people. You saw this in others. You found your voice. Mm-hmm. And now you are giving all these people a voice. And it's just... It warms my heart, Jeffro. Warms my heart to see what you're doing out there in the world. Oh, that's great. I feel feel terrific. And like I said, this is just the beginning. I have so many things, ambitions and passions and goals and dreams. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to see what life has in store. Momentum. Yeah. Momentum. What's your word, Brian, this year? What's your word? Do you the have first one? thing that came to mind was not nice. No, I mean not not in a nice. It was it was dirty. All right, let's move on. Mine's, un- mine's unstoppable this okay. year. Okay, <laughs> unstoppable <laughs> was mine this year. So no, well, live well. Oh man, you know what? I we want to hear though. Um, as we as we draw to a close today, please before we forget. I know that a lot of listeners may want to reach out to you, find out more about what you're doing. And is there, you know, I would love for you to tell us social media or, you know, websites or emails or anything that, that they can find you. Sure. Um, well, you know, my, uh, my website is not up and running yet. It's still under construction, but uh, it is uh, LIGstress.com. And my email is letitgostress1 at gmail.com. And my uh, business name is Let It Go Holistic Stress Management, LLC. And uh, 
yeah, I'm pretty approachable. Right. If anyone wants to, uh, I love it. That's great. To talk. I love it. And here's yeah. another thing, Jeffro, you're good on the air too. You're yeah. good. At, you're a good speaker. I want you to be. Oh, I want you, you to be much. in. Fr- I want you to be in front of as many people as you can, even if it's virtually, because that is a gift that you have as well. Maybe. Oh, thank you for saying that. I appreciate it. Are we pitching him? He needs his own podcast. As well? I would I say a, probably. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll everybody needs one, but that's okay. This is the first time I've been on a podcast, so yeah. <gasps> no, really? it's, it's fantastic. Okay, we'll talk. Oh, we'll, we'll talk about getting you going. Little little kick right. in the right direction with that. Not that hey, I have been it. told I'm a bad influence all the time, like a peer pressure. Where I'm like, hey, you should do this. <laughs> And have you done it? Yes? No? No? You're going to let me down? No. <laughs> she asked me to jump out of an airplane. I said no. <laughs> Pure pressure. You didn't really? I ran 40 miles around her block, though. That was a good one. I said yes to that. Yeah. Most things. 40 miles. 40 miles. Uh, yeah. You should get you out of an airplane at this point. It's, I'd rather jump out of an airplane again than run 40 miles around my block. That's some momentum I don't know if I'm looking for at this point. <laughs> yeah, I'm sweating as I'm thinking about that. A little bit. Oh, gosh. That's fine. It's all yeah. good. All good. Seriously, it has been such a pleasure to get your voice on the Two Fit Crazies in a Microphone podcast. And I think that we're going to need to have him back in the future to to catch up on all of these dreams and ambitions and goals to see, just to check in, to make sure that you have achieved them. Oh, I would love that. Yeah, I really appreciate this opportunity. This is a a blast. I love it. I'm looking forward to this for months. Honestly, we're the lucky ones, Jeffro. We appreciate it greatly. And, uh, you know, you keep it it moving. we We shared this time. It wouldn't have happened without all of us together. So thank you. I love it. Awesome. All right. Well, listen, um, it is amazing. You keep going. And with that said, my name is Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are two fit crazy. And a microphone. We are where it's at. Peace.